happy this morning? That's very cool. In the midst of all the storm coming in and the clouds coming in, let's look at some of these things. Uh, the smell of fresh cut grass. Who can relate to that one? Is that good? Yeah, we're going to lose that here in a second. Sitting on a beach, we're going to lose that here in a second too. Um, let's see, a couple others. We, the, the smile of my wife and kids. You know, the one that always brings aww is a good one to end on, isn't it? Uh, you guys, uh, so glad you're here uh, this morning. Uh, my name is Dave Nelson, and uh, I'm the lead pastor of K2 The Church. If you are uh, coming in new or, or have just been checking us out, we actually have two campuses. We have a north campus up uh, right off uh, 21 South at 195 West, and then we have our south campus here. And so uh, Lad Chapman is our south campus pastor. He's actually up north uh, speaking up there for the first time. Uh, so I'm down here, and basically if you show up here 50% of the time, you're going to probably see Lad, and 50% of the time you're probably going to see me. And uh, we just, we're, we planted this uh, campus about a year ago and just love what's happening down here. So, um, so we've been doing a series, in fact, we're concluding it today on who wants it all. Now, in here, how many, who wants it all in here? Okay, man. If you're a human being, you want it all. And so we've been looking at all these different things that we want to be successful, to be attractive, to be secure. And uh, who's laughing at the attractive thing? Oh, up there? Oh, Okay. What did what, I miss? Oh, BYU losing. Nice. All right. Excellent. Oh, man. Well, today, uh, we're looking at the whole idea of who wants to be happy. So who wants to be happy in here? All right. All right. We all do. I mean, good. You guys are into it. You had your coffee this morning. <coughs> so I was just thinking about some of the things that really do make me happy. And I know we just texted them uh, up there, but who, who else out here? Who's got some things that just totally make you happy? Ice cream. Ice cream. All right. Excellent. Very good. Anybody else? Kids getting good grades. That's good. Sleeping in. Excellent. And you're at the early service. That's pretty good. Not very happy this morning, but that's okay. All right. Hey, I was just, I, there are so many things. Um, I, I, and there's really kind of three categories. Um, for me this morning, I was, doing, I was doing great. I was really happy until I tried to print out my notes and my paper jammed in my printer. And to the point where I couldn't even rip it out. You guys, I mean, just, so next thing you know, I'm running like a wild man trying to get ready. So bear with me. I've got my computer here today and hopefully the battery will last uh, that my notes are on. But there's, there's, a, there's a few things that are true about anything that makes you happy, Okay. One of them is good things make you happy. And I, I was just saying, I'm, I'm, the, I'm up here with the Utes winning and BYU losing and the Detroit Lions winning would just be an amazing thing. But when you go to a football game and it's a good game, right? I mean, if it's, if it's a good game, you sit there and you go, this was awesome. And it, and it makes you happy. I, I'm, I'm the same thing. When my kids are good, anybody happy? When your kids are good, in fact, my kids uh, were struggling over the breakfast table this morning, and I just, I walked in, and I go, hey, guys, guess what I'm teaching on this morning? Being happy. You're not making me happy. <laughs> See, the, and, and you're thinking all about yourself, which we'll get into later, and we always talk about this. When you think about yourself, what happens? It causes conflict, and all the joy leaves the home, okay? So I love it when our kids are good. And then uh, good coffee. Anybody about that? I mean, a good coffee makes me happy, and a good meal makes me happy. So those, those are those, some of the things. And then the, another thing that makes us happy is just pleasure. 
when, when, when we have something that happens and it, and it brings pleasure and it's pleasing to us, we usually say that makes me happy. And again, food is like that. A, a good dinner is just, is just pleasing. Um, that's one of my, Susie, my favorite thing to do. We just went to matzah. Anybody been to matzah? Oh, yeah, baby. It is fantastic. Every time we're there, I'm like, oh, that is just good. And after you've had a good meal, what do you, you're just happy. It just makes you happy. Good music makes me happy. All types of it. A massage. Anybody? Okay. A massage is absolute pleasure, and it makes us happy. When I walk up into the mountains, anytime, it's just amazing to me. I, I come back every time, and I look at Susan, and I go, we need to do this more. Because it, it just does something to me. It makes me happy. And then there's another category of what makes us happy. And that is when things work. Right? When things work, they make me happy. Like when my car works, right? And then our, our van is the Ford Windstar. It's the worst rated van. I think like Hondas and everything were like 90-something. And ours, literally, this is not, I'm not lying. Ours, the Ford Windstar in 2002 was a rated 40-something. So, so that's my van, and that's what we run in. And when you're driving to Grandma's house for Christmas, and it's 10 o'clock at night, and you're in the middle of nowhere in western Colorado, and your alternator goes out on you, that doesn't make you happy. It's not good. It's not pleasing, and it's not perfect. It's not complete. It's not working. And I know for us, um, here even this, to, to have a service, to have a church that's full and complete, those are the things that make us happy. When we feel like we're not lacking anything but we have everything that we want. So here's the question for this morning. Does God actually want us to be happy? Does God want us to be happy? Yeah? All right. See, I'll be totally honest with you. <clears throat> As I sat and thought about that this week, I'm like, man, is that what God wants? Is God's greatest desire that I would actually be happy? And what's wild was I found myself going, I don't know. I'm not so sure that God really wants me to be happy. And then, as I sat with this message all week long and I dove in, I think I realized, no, he does. But what I want to share with you today is I think he wants, us to, ta- he wants to take us even way, way beyond happy. Way beyond happy. So I want to pray. Let's pray real quick. And I want to ask that God might speak to each one of our hearts because I think there is no question. Every human being, I, in fact, I think what it means to be human in one essence is every decision we make in our life, we make it because we think it's going to make us happy. All right? So it drives us. We want it. We pursue things like crazy in this world to try to make us happy. And I do think God wants to get into the heart and soul of what it is that drives us to want to be happy and to satisfy us deeply right there, okay? So let's pray. God, um, as we're going to look at today, you are, you're just awesome in every way. You really are. I could list off a million things right now of all your character traits and all that you are, and we're going to look at some of those today. But Lord, I just want to start off our service here and say, even this moment, for this hour that we're going to be together, we just really believe that you're here and that you love everybody and that you can actually speak to our hearts. You can renew our minds. You can help us to see what is true about life 
and about you and about ourselves. And God, I specifically just want to ask this morning that you might touch the deep places that drive every one of us to want to be happy. And I just, I just, I pray that you touch every person, wherever they are in this journey of their, of seeking out to be happy, that you might uh, reveal something new to us and help us to understand it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, one of the things that makes me happy, any, does McDonald's make anybody happy? All right. Oh, come on, you bunch of liars. McDonald's rocks. You know, and, and one of the things I love about McDonald's is the fact that uh, you can just um, pop up to a deal. I mean, I, I stopped this morning. I, I ordered my uh, little uh, breakfast burrito. Any breakfast burrito fans out here? Oh, man, you guys are lame. Can I say? And um, what I love about it is I walk up there and I go, breakfast burrito, please. Uh, first window, there's nobody there. I'm at the second window, and they have a breakfast burrito sitting right there for me immediately. Don't you love the immediate gratification of McDonald's? Okay, even if you hate the food, don't you love the immediate gratification? Okay, and then I'm going to get to the center of it because that's always better. And, um, and uh, with, with, with food, can you guys actually put it right up there so I don't um, step all over? That'd be great. Thanks. Um, but breakfast burritos... Awesome. Thank you very much. When you could have a breakfast burrito from McDonald's, there's really nothing else you need. <laughs> I mean, a breakfast like this satisfies me deeply. I, lo- I mean, seriously, doesn't anybody else stop by? You stop by McDonald's, get a breakfast burrito, it's incredible. Little, I don't know if those are real eggs or not, but um, <laughs> probably not. I don't know what that little brown thing is, but you put it all together, it's pretty good. So, now, I don't know who in the world would want this when you could have this. I mean, think about it. You know, just a good high stack of pancakes and bacon and an omelet, orange juice and coffee, some grapes, grapefruit. Seriously, wouldn't you rather have a breakfast burrito? I'll tell you, this is where it's at, right here. Now, Here's what I want to share with you. I actually do like breakfast burritos. <clears throat> I really do. I, I really like them. But I love breakfast. And if I could, <clears throat> every morning, have this sitting there, I probably would, eventually, switch from breakfast burritos to that. And here's the deal. There is so much in this world that makes me happy. It really does. I, I was praying this morning to God, and I just started off with this whole theme, and I just said, you know what, God? I'm just grateful to be alive because <laughs> there's so many things in this world that literally just bring me happiness. You guys put it up. there, my family, nature. I love living here. I wake up and I see that. I just love it. My dad and his wife are in town uh, this weekend and just being with them is great and I'm loving that. Um, there, I just, I love, I love life and it makes me happy. But um, we pursue so many of these things to actually literally bring us our ultimate fulfillment. And what we do as well is sometimes we make the very pursuit of our life happiness. And uh, I want to read you a quote. It's a very famous quote by C.S. Lewis. And uh, he says this. Indeed, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. 
We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he can't imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. That's an amazing quote. So really, what C.S. Lewis is saying, so because many times we'll look at our life and we'll say, well, man, is it, is it wrong to enjoy life as a Christian? I, I, I got to tell you, man, one of the things that really hindered me from giving my life to Christ was this thought that if I do, as one person called him, he'll just be this cosmic killjoy, right? And I'll give my life to Jesus, and all of a sudden life will just won't be fun anymore, and it won't be full, and it won't be complete. And so what we do is we, we go after all this stuff to make us happy. And, and I love how he says this. It's not that those desires for things that are happy are bad. In fact, really, they're just not strong enough. So, so, so basically, what we're doing is we're finding our happiness in all these different things, and drink and sex and ambitions, all the things that we've talked about. And, but it, what it really, there's something that's so much greater. Something that could bring so much more happiness and wholeness and completeness to our life. But we literally will be content with eating a breakfast burrito because we had no idea that we could be having this. And C.S. Lewis's quote is, the kid will make mud pies in the slum, which is really fun. And I love how he says it, because he can't imagine what it would be like to go to a holiday at the sea. Now, what I'm hoping for today is that God might take us to this other level, you guys, as human beings, to say, yes, this drive to be happy, I think, actually, that God put it in us. I think the drive for fulfillment and the drive for things that are good and the drive for things that are pleasing and the drive for things that are complete, that actually work and don't lack anything, they're absolutely perfect, I think those actually came from God. And I, what I'm hoping today is that we might want to pursue those a little bit stronger and find what he has for us. So here's a passage I want to teach you from. It's one of my absolute favorites. Um, one of those passages, I just have a few in my hand that I just grab all the time. It's Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says this. Therefore I urge you. Okay, so I love Paul. He's telling you guys, I urge you in view, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And look at this. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. There it is, right there. And this is what our challenge is to believe today by the time we walk out of here. That God's will for you and for me is actually good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. And again, what that word means, perfect, it means complete, it means it lacks nothing. It's fully what it was meant to be. And, and, and God has that for us. So that's why I'm saying, like, initially I was like, man, I'm not so sure God wants us to be happy. But then when you look up the definition of happy, it means experiencing things that are good, pleasing, and perfect. And you go, well, that's what God wants for me. 
So, so let me just read for you a few uh, examples. Here's, here's an example that helps us to know that God really is good and his will for us is good. Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11. Um, Jesus is just trying to teach his disciples, hey guys, this is how we pray, okay? And when you pray, he says this. He says, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? See, and, and I've always loved this passage because I don't know about you guys, I love to give good gifts to my kids. I just do. I don't know if they're good. I, I think they're good. They, they might not like them, but I do. I love to give them stuff that, and what, because when you get them something that they want for Christmas, what happens, man? It just, it lights them up and it just brings joy to their heart. And, and, and Jesus is just looking at us and saying, you know, because you love your kid, if he asks you for a fish, you're not going to give him a snake. You know, I mean, if he asks you, what's he say? If you ask him for bread, you're not going to give him a stone. Come on, you're, you're messed up, you're screwed up, and you know how to give good things to your kids. How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So one of the things that we can know about God is he is our heavenly Father saying, every one of you in this room, every one of you, become my child, become my child, and know and start to believe that I'll actually give you good gifts. That's what I do. Now let's look at pleasing. Psalm 63, 1 through 5. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. Are we on there? Okay, it's, okay. sorry. Uh, my body longs for you. Now, so even right there, like, because right now, if you guys think about it, when, this, when you find something that actually brings you, brings you pleasure, don't you find yourself just longing for it? I mean, you desire it. You can't stop thinking about it because you know if you get it, it's going to feel good. Even the stuff that you know you don't want to be involved in that makes you feel good, isn't it weird how it captures you and you can't stop thinking about it and you can't stop doing it? See, what's interesting is I love how it says here, my soul thirsts for you and my body longs for you, God. Verse 2. I have seen you in the sanctuary and have beheld your power and your glory. So David's just going, man, I have seen you and you are unbelievable. You're awesome. And that's like when you ever you see something good or ever you, ever you see something beautiful or ever you see something that's pleasurable. When you see it, you're just in awe and you want to go after it. And then verse 3, and this is the greatest verse. It says, because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you because your love is better than life. Have you ever, have you ever actually experienced the love of God? Not just known about it, not just thought about it, but actually experienced it. You guys, you guys when God loves you, it's better than life itself. It literally gets to the heart and soul of who you are. And you want to talk about happy? I'm telling you, there is a spiritual reality that's so deeper than all the other stuff we go at. It's so much more than we can actually imagine. And it's the love of God literally get into us. It's better than life. 
And then he says, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. And then verse 5, my soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. See, now I get that. Anybody else get that? See, I love, I love the richest of foods, man. I took Susie for her birthday this time, and we did this uh, all-you-can-eat seafood buffet. I mean, come on. It was the greatest thing. We just could sit there for hours, you know, be in pain, let the pain subside and go get some more, you know, and just keep just diving in because it was awesome just taking in the crab and all this stuff I can't get. And what he's saying is, God, I just, you, my soul be satisfied as with the richest of foods. And when you sit back after a meal like Thanksgiving or whenever it is, and you're like going, that was good. You're happy. And what the Bible's trying to tell us is your soul, not your stomach, not your eyes, not even your body, but the deepest part of who you are can be satisfied as just like being satisfied with the richest of foods. And then finally, deep inside, you can go, I'm happy. (laughs) And this is what God does for us. Okay? And then the last one is perfect and complete or fulfilling. Again, one of my favorite verses of all time is Jesus says, the thief came to steal and kill and destroy. The thief comes always to get, up off, get us off on different types of paths. But he says, but I have come so that you could have life and have life to the full. That you could have life and that it would actually be abundant. You guys, this is what makes us happy. When you do something and you complete a task and it gets done, doesn't that feel good? When it's completed and when it's finished, that's awesome. When you aren't lacking anything and you're fully satisfied. See, this is what this word means. When God says, my will is good, pleasing, and perfect, that word is that perfect word means complete. That means there's nothing else that you need. Can you imagine waking, oh Lord, help me with this. I want this so bad. Can you imagine waking up in the morning and actually having your soul be so filled and so satisfied that you don't feel like you're lacking anything? No matter what the circumstances are around you, this is why when we go on our mission trips that we're always in awe that the people who have hardly anything compared to what we have are more happy than we are. How does that happen? Because it's about our soul. And listen to this verse. I'm going to teach this a little bit later. James 1, 2 through 4 says this. So consider a pure joy. Here you go. Be awesome and so happy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. (laughs) Okay, read that again. Be really happy and consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Are you kidding me? Well, yeah, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be, and here it is, mature and complete, lacking nothing. Another translation said, wanting nothing. I'm telling you, the person who is that satisfied and that complete in their soul is the person who's happy. And I just want to tell you, God wants us that way. He wants it for you. And, and, and And the other thing I want to remind you of is this. You guys, we can't forget that God actually does have a will. I mean, it, he, he has a will. In other words, he has things that he wants. 
and one of the things I know is he has a will for every single one of you. For you. He said, when I created you, all the days ordained for you were put in my book before one of them came to be. All that I have a will for you. And so here's, here's the tension, and we're going to get into this, is and you have a will for you. <laughs> and I have a will for me. And the battle for every human being is right here. Here's the battle line. Whose will is going to win? Whose will? Is it going to be your will? Or is it going to be God's will? And if we can just be totally honest with this, every one of us, human, this is the battle of what it means to be human. Is we actually believe that our will is better than God's. Can we all agree on that? How many of you think your will is better than God's? Oh, you bunch of liars. <laughs> You're all lying. You know why? Because if you really did believe that God's will was better, you're going to do what I'm going to teach you here in a second. And that means you would give up everything that you have. You would surrender all of your dreams, all of your passions, all of your desires, and you'd say, God, I want your dreams, and I want your desires, and I want your passions. I'm done with myself, and I want your will. You would, as I'm reading the Beatitudes right now in Matthew, and it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who hunger and thirst for what's right. If you and I really believed that what God had for us was really good and really pleasing and actually perfect, then we would hunger for it and we would thirst for it and we would put all of our time and all of our energy and all of our resource towards that. Because I can guarantee you right now what you're putting your energy and your time and your resource into right now is what you think is actually going to make you happy. And I'm, and I'm telling you the truth. Does that make sense? What you think, because we're humans, and we want to be happy. And so we say, you know what? If I give all my time to this, that's going to bring my fulfillment. If I put my resources into this, I, you can just say, just look at your checkbook and look at your visa statement, and you'll be able to tell, this is what I think is going to make me happy, because I'm going to give all my resource to that. I'm going to give my energy to that. And I'm telling you, if we could come to the place where we would actually believe, no, God has a will. God has a will for you. And it's ultimately really good. Better than any meal you've ever had. It's so pleasing. I know I always get in trouble in here, you guys, but I'm going to say it again. I hope there's no little... Sex is amazing. It is one of the greatest gifts from God. And I believe what he tried to do with sex was to say, I want you to understand physically what happens when you combine yourself with another human being. I want you to understand that's nothing compared to the euphoria that happens when you and I become one together. It is so pleasing beyond anything. And you can actually get to the place where you're satisfied and complete and lack nothing. So as I tell you how he teaches you through these next verses, I mean, who, didn't, who wouldn't want that? And I, I don't know all of you here, and maybe some of you are just checking out Christianity. Maybe some of you have been Christians a long time. Let me just talk to the Christians. If you're a Christian here today, if you say, I follow Jesus, and I believe in him, then literally, you guys, this should capture us. I think we are being duped every single day to not believe that God's will is actually the best thing for us. And we fight it all the time. Our flesh fights it just naturally. We're always bent away from him. 
The world lures us from stuff all the time, saying, no, this is what you need, and this is what you need. And then we actually have a spiritual enemy who lies to us every single day to help us to think that God really isn't good, that his way is really not best. And if you're not a Christian here today, and you're just checking this whole thing out, I don't know about you, but if I would have walked, and it might be hard because I've been doing this for so long, but part of me would think, man, if I walked into a church today, and I actually heard, you mean God's not all up there just angry and mad at me? You mean he's not just up there trying to pound me down and take and rip me of my joy and just cause me to be a Christian, which looks like the most horrible thing ever? You mean God actually wants me to be full and complete, to have goodness and pleasure and satisfaction in my life? Yes. Yes. So how do we get there? There's three things we got to do, and it's right here in Romans 12. Go ahead and throw Romans 12 back up. It says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. How do I find the will that God has for my life? The first thing you got to do is you actually have to come to a place where you're going to say, you know what, God? I want you more than me. Now, you guys understand, like, if you sacrifice something, is it still living? Anybody? Anybody witness a sacrifice lately? (laughs) Okay. No, when you sacrifice something, what happens? It dies. It's done. But what he's saying is here, what you need to offer is your life as a living sacrifice. So literally what you're saying is, you know what, God? Not my will, but yours be done. You ever know anybody who said that before? Jesus said that. And he said, you know what, Father? Not my will, but yours be done. That's a living sacrifice. That means today, you would walk out of here and say, you know what, God? Not my will, but yours be done. No more to me. I'm saying no to me, and I'm saying yes to God. And you know what? And and really, what I think happens, you guys, and that's why I was talking with my kids about this morning, is literally what you're saying is, I'm not going to live for me anymore. But I literally am going to live for God. And what, what you realize is, loving God with all of your heart The way that gets fleshed out is it means you love everybody around you with all of your heart. That's why I looked at my kids as they sat around the breakfast table, and I meant it. We say this to them all the time. You guys, you know what robs joy from this home. It's when you live for yourself. Do you guys all, you guys, how many parents we got in here right now? Okay. Is that not true? Anybody out there? Okay. I'm telling you, when my kids live for themselves... It's chaos in there, and it drives me nuts. Now, but this is true for all of us. If you live for yourself, everything falls apart. Every relationship falls apart. All conflict in this world is because we live for ourselves. So if we're ever going to find, and what's the will of God? The will of God is for peace. It's for harmony. It's for unity. It's for marriages to be stuck together and to be one with each other. It's for families. It's for churches to be so together and so loving each other that the, mo- the greatest place you'd want to be is to come here with this body of people because I'm with, when I'm with the church, these are people who actually don't live for themselves. Oh my gosh, where can you find that? Where can you find a place in this world where people don't live for themselves? It's supposed to be right here. See, so that's what this is. That's what a living sacrifice is. You say, I'm not going to live for me anymore. I'm going to live for you, God. 
And so, and then, why would you do that? Why in the world would you say, I'm done. I am dead to myself. I absolutely surrender all that I am. Don't raise your hands on this, but I want you to think about this through the next, like, 10 minutes. Have you ever, have you ever in your life said, God, all of me, all of me. Have you ever said to yourself, I am completely done with myself and I want all of you. I want it all, God. I want it all. I want your joy to be in me and your joy to be complete. I want your peace in my life. I want your inner strength to be able to handle the rough times of this world. I want your purpose. I want your plan. I want your wisdom. I want it all. And so how do you get it? You say no to yourself and you say yes to God, like completely, totally. And then the God who gives good gifts gives you himself. Have you ever done that? Why wouldn't you do that? You know why? Because we really don't believe this is God. And we really do believe this is awesome. I am doing such a great job with my life. Oh, why would I want that? You guys, it's a, it's a silly illustration, but it's true. It's true. So what does Paul say? He says, in view of God's mercy. See, why, do I get, why would I give my life to God? Because this God loves me, man. I mean, he loved me when I didn't love him. He loved me when I didn't care less and I was doing everything. I better eat this because I'm spitting food everywhere. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm glad there's nobody right in the front row. Sorry if I got you. All right, there we go. Why would I do that? Because... When I look at God, I am blown away that he would love me. I can't believe the life I was living, the sin I was into, and the stuff that I knew was totally in God's face. And he came and he loved me anyway. Now, if he'd loved me when I was like that, he, he's never going to stop loving me. And in view of that, what? You don't want that? Do I not want that? Yes, I want that love. I want to be experiencing that all that I can. So in view of that, I offer myself as a living sacrifice. I say, okay, God, all of me. Because when I usually do things, I usually end up screwing them up. Anybody else? But when God does them, they're good. And then, here's what's great. The verse says, and then around here, he says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Did you guys notice that? Because what it's saying to us is that you and I can actually make God happy. Isn't that cool? When we're talking about happiness today, and God's all about making us happy, but how cool that on this day right here, the one who created you, the one who thought of you, the one who gave you your life, the one who created all the beauty that we enjoy, the, uh, this God, you could make him happy today. And how would you do that? What pleases God? You know what pleases God more than anything else? When he can do what he wants to do with your life. When God gets to do what he wants to do with your life, he's happy. You know why? Because what he wants to do with your life is good. And what he wants to do with your life is pleasing. And what he wants to do with your life is perfect. Complete. And help you to lack nothing. 
He wants to give you eternal life. And just like a parent, when I watch my children make stupid decisions and they end up hurting themselves or hurting somebody else, right? Isn't that what, isn't that what kids do? I mean, when you let them just go, what do they do? They either hurt themselves, and you're like, how many times I got to tell you? Or they end up hurting their brother and sister, and you go, how many times I got to tell you? And you know, I feel like God's up there going, how many times I got to tell you? <laughs> to every one of us in this room. Because when we do stupid stuff, which is called sin, what happens is we end up hurting ourselves, or we end up hurting others. And God's up there going, this isn't what I want. That doesn't please me. I don't like this. You know what I like? When I get to do with your life what I created you for, oh, God's going, that makes me happy. It makes me happy. So would you consider that today, you guys? Today. Today. I'm talking today. Before we leave this place, would you consider saying, oh, me. No more me. And all you, God. Not my will anymore. I'm going to surrender my will and I'm going to take on yours today. Because what he says is, if you do that, you're going to find your life. You're going to find my will. And it's good, and it's pleasing, and it's perfect. So the first thing you got to do is become a living sacrifice. No to self, yes to God. Here's the second thing you got to do. He says, go ahead and verse to verse 2. And he says, so don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Hmm, thanks. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Well, what's the pattern of this world, you guys? That what really, the pattern of this world is to say, I'm going to satisfy myself. I'm going to look to all the things that are around me to actually literally be my God. These are the things I'm going to believe if I give my life, if I give my time, if I give my resources, if I give my energy to these things more than anything else. They're going to actually bring me happiness and satisfaction instead of God. And that's why God said, hey, can I tell you the first commandment? It's a really good one. Um, you should have no other gods before me. And maybe Lad mentioned this last week. You shouldn't have any other gods before me because they're all going to let you down, and I'm the only one who won't. So don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, which the pattern of this world is, and oh, man, I just read it again this week. It's crazy. The pattern of this world is look out for yourself, and do whatever you need to do for you so that you can be happy. That's the pattern of this world. And that is 180 from what God says. What God says is, no, give up yourself completely and let me have my way with you. Don't live for yourself because that's what actually screws everything up. Instead, live for love, which is a new and you don't think about you anymore. That's my way. And here's a second, though, pattern I wanted to touch on just real quick, and that's this. Um, Instant gratification. <laughs> the pattern of this world is I want to be happy. I want to be happy right now. Right? I mean, how, I mean, don't we do this? I mean, I want it now. I mean, look at our credit cards. I want it now. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. So I was thinking about that. And we guys, we, we know what it is to have delayed gratification. And we know when that's good. If you're a parent, you know what that is. Because you're trying to teach your kids that all the time. I mean, seriously, what you're doing is you're saying, you, how, I mean, you, don't, you, need, you want your kids to be happy, right? I mean, I want my kids to have it all. I really do. So you know, what I do, you know what I do as a parent because I want them to have it all? I inflict some pain right now. Right? Isn't that what you do? See, because you know that if I just always say, oh, that's good, Johnny. Oh, that's good. I don't have a Johnny. Oh, good. That's good, Caleb. That's good, Ashlyn. And it's not good. That's not love. 
So sometimes you got to inflict some discipline. you got to do some, some pain management. you got to help them along the way because you know that, hey, believe me, trust me, this pain right now is good because it's going to produce something wonderful in you. See, that's all God's doing with us. Sometimes we look at, this is why I wondered if God really wanted me to be happy because <laughs> actually following Christ has been pretty painful. And there's been a lot of stuff where I just go, man, I don't know if it's worth it anymore. And that's why I gave you the verse in James where it says, you've got to consider it joy when the hard stuff comes because it's developing perseverance. And when perseverance finishes its work, then you can become mature and complete and lack nothing. So you guys, as followers of Christ, I think this happens all the time. Where all of a sudden it's like, man, I went to church and I was doing the God thing and it just didn't get any better. And so you just, and then we, we bag it. We stop loving him with all our heart. We just do whatever we want to do anymore because it didn't really work out for me. Well, then what's it all about? No, it's still about me. <laughs> See, and that's where the problem is. We never got to the place where it wasn't about me anymore. We've got to get to that place. And then we've got to get rid of this instant, this instant gratification thing. Like, like how many of you have ever done this? How many of you have said no to yourself now for something greater in the future? Anybody done that? Okay. Like, I mean, if you were going to go on a trip, let's say you wanted, I, my next trip, I would love to go to New Zealand, okay? That would be awesome. If you want to go on a trip that's that big, what are you going to have to do? Unless, if you're me, you're going to have to say no to a lot of the little things, right? So you can start cramming up some money so that you eventually can go where you want to go. Is that not right? Okay, was that that funny or did something happen? I'm sorry? Oh, they made a comment on McDonald's? Oh, you have to give up McDonald's. No way. All right. See, and we all do that. I mean, you, you, you eventually you say no to some little things because, yeah, you like them and you want to do that and you want to go out to dinner here and you, would, you like to go to the show, but you say, no, I won't go to the show and I won't go out for dinner here for a second because then I'll, cr- I'll get this money because eventually I want to go there. See, we know what that is to say no to ourselves. We do it with our bodies all the time. I'm trying to do it right now. I'm drinking protein shakes and, ugh, and all that kind of junk. Why? Because I'm thinking, man, it'll feel so much better if I can get rid of some of this weight and be more healthy. We guys, we know what that is like. And so what did Jesus say? Jesus said when he was sitting there in the garden and he didn't want to die on the cross, man, he did not want to go through that. And he said, if there's any other way, God, no, 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 no. And then eventually he says, but not my will, but yours be done. And then there's a great verse in Philippians, and it says this. It said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. See, guys, that is not the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world is I want to be comfortable all the time. I want to be safe all the time. I want to be happy all the time. And the pattern of God is many times to say, no, you know what? We're going to do some refining here because I have joy before you down the road that's going to be amazing. So sometimes you're going to have to suffer a little bit so that I can build up the character that you need so that you can actually be the person that you want to be. So be careful on your spiritual journey to want instant gratification with God. Because if you want it, then really what you're saying is, it's still all about me, God, and I want you to do what I want you to do. You've got to get to a place where you say, you know what, no, God, I want your will. Just like Jesus said, I want your will, God and I'll give it up to experience it, all right? And, and, and I'll just tell you again, <laughs> it's really hard to believe that. It is really hard to believe them when things aren't going very good, and the testing of our faith is happening, that God loves us. And that's usually where we just go, you know what, I'm out of here. 
I'm going to do my own thing. Man, don't do it. All right? And here's the last thing. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you guys, I, that's why I prayed, I prayed for you this morning. That's what I've, I've been praying for you and for me. Until I actually believe that God's will is good and pleasing and perfect. I will keep going after what the world tells me I should. And I will keep going after what my own heart tells me I should. That's why I always say, you know, many people say, man, just follow your heart. I'm like, that is the worst advice you could ever give anybody. I'm serious. Because if you follow your heart, and your heart isn't lorded over by God, then literally you're going to do whatever you want. And it's all about you. So we need a totally new mindset that says, you know what I actually believe? I finally believe that God's will is better than mine. I finally believe that if I love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, more than I love myself, that's going to be good. And it's going to be better. And it's going to be pleasing and complete. And I won't lack anything. I actually finally believe that if I love you more than myself, that it will be a good thing. (laughs) See, this is what we don't believe. Stop and think about it. Think about the conflicts you're in. Think about your marriage. Think about your life with your kids. Think about your work. Think about you. We actually believe that what we want is better than what God wants. And I need a new mind. I actually have to believe something different or my behavior won't be any different. I need something new. I need something new. Now let me show you the greatest news in all the world. As Jesus looked at us and he told us right in here, he said, listen, unless you're born again, which again I know is a, at least for me, it was a really weird term. But what he's saying is, unless there is a spiritual renewal in your heart and in your mind where you're actually transformed, he goes, you can't see the kingdom of God. It won't make any sense to you. It'll look ludicrous. It looks foolish, and it does. Turn the other cheek. Love your enemies. Be the servant if you want to be great. I mean, his, all of his teachings are so different and so hard. And the only way we can believe them really to be true is if all of a sudden something happens in our heart and we get a new heart. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. I know for me, I could not want to give up my life God unless the Spirit of God was living inside me. You guys, so here's what Christianity is all about. It's all about saying, you know what? I'm going to receive the living, resurrected Christ into my heart. I'm going to receive the Spirit of God into my heart spiritually. And once you do, then He's the one who starts to transform you. See, this be transformed, it doesn't say transform yourself. Be transformed means it's something that has to be done 
to you. And the way it's done is by faith. And it can happen today. Where you could say, you know what? I need a new heart and a new mind. Because I'm seeking after everything to make me happy and it ain't working. But sometimes it does work. But it doesn't satisfy us deeply. That's because, as we learned three weeks ago in that video, because God created a hole in your heart that only He fills. So, on this day, could you say, I want my life to be good and pleasing and perfect. So I'm saying no more to me. And I'm all in with God. Christ, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I have not treated you as God ever. I've ran my own show, and I've done my own thing, and I'm not going to do it anymore. And he says, if you'll confess that sin to him, he goes, I will come in you, I will forgive you, and I will cleanse you, and I will begin to renew your heart and give you a mind that actually believes that God's will is best for you. And that can happen today. Now, all of you Christians out there who are going, man, I did that, and I still chase after stuff all the time. See, what we got to do, we, we have to remember, you guys, is we still need to be renewing our mind. That's why we gather together here every week, right? It gives us a chance to hear the truth again and go, oh, man, what was I doing? Kind of get back on. That's why I read the scriptures. Try to read them every day. Don't, but try every day. Because it gives God a chance to say to me again, hey, Nelson, come on, man, that's not what you want. That's not the best for you. This is the best for you. And you're like, oh, yeah. And so what do you do as a Christian? You confess your sin again today. Confess it today if you've been going after other things, not believing that his will is better than yours. If you've been sitting on the throne, even as a follower of Christ, today's your day. Let it go. Confess that to him. Let him forgive you and put him back on the throne. So band, come on up here. And here's how we're going to do it, how we're going to close our service today, is we're going to take communion today. And... Um, Communion is the gift that God gave us through Christ. And Jesus said before he left this earth, he said, listen, I know one thing that's going to happen is you are so going to forget me. It's going to be so easy to forget that my will is actually the best thing for you. And you're going to get off on all these other things. You're going to pursue things more than me. He says, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a chance on a regular basis to remember me. Remember how much I love you. So he goes, so take this bread And when it's broken, remember that this is my body broken for you. I gave up my whole life for you. That's how much I love you. So if you're struggling to believe that I'm really good, I actually am. And I really do love you. So that's what we're going to do. You're going to take the bread. And then he says, and don't forget that I shed my blood so that you could be completely forgiven today and rejoice in that again. So if you need to confess some sin today to God, then just do it and receive his forgiveness. And as our greeters come forward with the communion, as we worship him together in word and song, let's just lay our hearts before him. And I just want to encourage you during this time, if you need to today, today could be your day to say, you know what? No more me and all you. No more me and all you. I want all in. I'm going to be a living sacrifice so I can find what your good and pleasing and perfect will is. Let's do it together.